I was gonna go. I was gonna go ahead and turn. Good morning, and welcome to worship at First United Methodist Church. It is good to see all of you gathered here on this first Sunday of Advent. What a wonderful day to worship the Lord! I'm thankful for all of you and those joining us with with us uh, on online if you would please take a moment and sign in at the pew pad at the end of the pew or if you are joining us online take a moment and comment so we will know who is worshiping with us just a couple of announcements be sure to grab your weekly calendar sheet in the foyers both foyers and you will find all things happening first united methodist church including the Women of Faith Boutique, which is going on between both services today out in the Chestnut Street foyer, and Brunch with Santa that is taking place for our children immediately following celebration worship. Let us prepare ourselves for worship with a moment of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and your holy presence with us. And on this first Sunday of Advent, we pray, dear God, come, O come, Emmanuel. Be with us in spirit and truth. It is in his name we pray. Amen.
As we go to our time of prayer today, I just want to remind you that the angel tree for the Salvation Army is available for you to pick up an angel. As you pick one off the tree, be sure to sign the clipboard to let us know which number you have chosen. Also, this being the first Sunday, while we are not having communion today, we are still inviting the children to remain in worship. It's an interactive service as we participate in the hanging of the green. So if your children need a busy bag uh, to help them during our worship time, they're available in the Narthex and the Chestnut Street lobby. If you could take one and then return it after the service before you head up to the Santa Claus brunch, we would appreciate that. And now let us worship God with our morning offering. Heavenly Father, in this season of Advent, we come to you with great anticipation, waiting on the full reign of Jesus Christ. For we look around us and see so much hurt and brokenness, pain, war, misunderstanding. God, we just pray that your healing be with all those situations and healing in our lives. God, we just ask that you work among us, that you forgive our sins, you draw us closer to you, and help us to be people who follow in discipleship of Jesus. Continue to be with us as we worship today, reminding us of the great traditions of our faith. Bless us and bless the offering that we are about to receive. May this offering bring you glory, and go to work for the furtherment of your kingdom. Amen. If the ushers will come forward, we will worship God with our morning offering. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. 
Cause where there is new wine, there is new power, there is new freedom, and the kingdom is here. I lay down my old flames to carry your new fire today. Cause where there is new wine, there is new power, there is new freedom, and the kingdom is here. I lay down my old flames to carry your new As we begin the Christian year, we also celebrate a holy season known as Advent. It is time when we prepare ourselves for the coming of the Messiah. Advent means coming. We celebrate these days in Advent with great expectation and preparation for Christ's arrival. Through the century, Christians have observed a time of waiting and expectation before celebrating the birth of our Savior at Christmas. The Advent season is a time for reflection and preparation, but its mood is joyful. Advent has been enriched by Christian tradition to reflect its distinctive Christian meaning. It proclaims the revelation of God's love as expressed in Christ's birth in a humble stable, his sacrificial death on a cross, and his victorious resurrection. It points to the hope of Christ coming again as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Advent makes innkeepers out of all of us, asking each of us to make room for the arrival of Christ the King let us today prepare him room in our hearts, our homes, and our lives as we await the coming of Christ. Under Christian thought and sentiment, holly became widely used in church celebrations. Holly was considered as the burning bush. 
or a symbol of Mary whose being glows with the Holy Spirit. The red berries represented the blood drops from the cruel thorns in the crown of Jesus. In Isaiah 60, 13, we find these words. The glory of Lebanon shall come unto you, the fir tree, the pine tree, and the box together to beautify the place of your sanctuary. Our forefathers called the procuring of these evergreens bringing home Christmas. Please remain seated as we sing a verse of Deck the Halls, and I think the words will be on the screen. Today, the Christmas tree is the center of our festivities. Glittering with lights and ornaments, it is a part of the beauty and the meaning of Christmas. There are several legends and stories about the Christmas tree. The first use of the Christmas tree was in the medieval German paradise plays held outdoors and portraying the creation of humankind. The tree of life was a fir tree decorated with apples. Later, other ornaments were hung upon them, such as paper flowers and gilded nuts. In England, branches or whole trees were forced into bloom indoors for Christmas. From these beginnings, the use of a tree at Christmas was established. Martin Luther was perhaps the first to use a lighted tree. The story is told that on the Christmas Eve, Martin Luther wandered outdoors and became enraptured with the beauty of the starry sky. Its brilliance and loveliness led him to reflect on the glory of the first Christmas Eve as seen in Bethlehem's radiant skies. Wishing to share with his wife and children the enchantment he had felt, he cut from the forest an evergreen, glistening with snow, and took it home. He placed upon it candles to represent the glorious heavens he had seen. The use of a candle-lighted tree spread to all of Europe, then America came to regard it as the central ornament of Christmas. Please remain, remain seated as we sing the first and last verses of Silent Night, Holy Night. Advent colors. Both visual and performing arts have always been important ways to communicate the Christian faith. The use of music has helped believers understand their godly hope. Other forms of visual art have been used from the beginning to help express various aspects of Christian doctrine and life. Colors, altar pyramids or coverings, and banners are some of the most important visual ways Christians have used to express their faith in worship. The objective in covering the communion table with cloths of various colors was to help focus the attention of worshipers on the special nature of Christ as the perfect sacrifice. 
In the early days of Christian worship, Advent and Christmas were seen as a somber time, much like Lent is today. Purple table coverings were used to speak of Christ's kingship, but the mood was somber. As Christians began to share their celebration of Christmas with their non-Christian neighbors, they began to focus on the joy of the Christmas event. As the emphasis of Christmas began to change to one of joyful celebration, the color used also changed to express, to express Christ the King in that more happy way. While purple is still used at First United Methodist Church, some churches now use blue to speak of the kingship of Christ when the occasion is joyful. At Advent, we wait with anticipation and celebration for our coming Christ. At Advent, we wait with anticipation and celebration for our coming Christ. So our carts sing out, O come Emmanuel. Remain seated as we sing the first verse of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, which can be found on page 211 of your hymnal or on the screen. The Advent wreath. Advent is a time of preparation and expectation that is symbolized not only by the four-week preparation, but also by the lighting of the Advent candle. It is an Advent wreath on each Sunday of the season. The flame of each new candle reminds us that worshipers, that something is happening and something is still more to come. The candles are arranged in a circle to remind us of the continuous power of God which knows neither a beginning or an end. There's also symbolization in the colors of each candle. Three candles symbolize the coming of Christ from the royal line of David. He is the coming of kings as a prince of peace. The pink rose candle represents joy. The large white candle in the center is known as the Christ candle and points to Jesus as Christ, the light of the world. A progression is noted in the lighting of the candles of the Advent wreath each Sunday. Each candle symbolizes various aspects of the waiting experience. The culmination of the season comes as we light the Christ candle on Christmas Sunday evening. We join in rejoicing. The promise of a long ago has been fulfilled. I invite the Owen family to come forward for the lighting of the Advent candle.
The Nativity. The story of the Christmas Nativity goes back many centuries. Saint Francis of Assisi made it popular. He spent his life preaching, caring for the poor and sick, and teaching people to see the beauty in all creations. Saint Francis tried for many years to explain the Christmas story to the poor. While they enjoyed the holiday feasting and merrymaking, they could never understand the true meaning of Christmas. Finally, in 1223, St. Francis thought of a plan. He sent word to the towns and countryside, come and keep Christmas with me. So on Christmas Eve, he led the people to a rocky cave in Crecchio. They carried candles and torches to light the way. When they saw the surprise that St. Francis had prepared for them, they cried out in wonder. There in the cave was a manger filled with fresh hay. A live ox and a donkey stood beside the manger. Real people took the parts of Mary, Joseph, and the shepherds, and a full-sized wax baby in the manger. St. Francis explained the story as he showed it, how the poor king, born in a stable, brought hope to everyone. His listeners now began to realize the beauty of the Christmas message. The cave rang with music as he led the worshipers in joyful singing. The next year, people set up their own manger scenes. The custom quickly spread throughout Italy and then on to other parts of Europe. This helped make Christmas more popular among the country folk. The first nativities were very simple, often using live animals and people. Through the years, the figures have been made of wood, clay, wax, and many other materials. Animals have always been in the scenes, recalling the legend that animals traveled to Bethlehem the night that Jesus was born, and at midnight, he was born and they were able to talk. Please remain seated as we sing the first verse of number 230, A Little Town of Bethlehem, and the words will also be on the screen. Christmas caroling. The actual origin of caroling as part of the Christmas celebration is unknown. Several countries have claimed to be the birthplace of this custom. From the first music of some kind was part of the church festivals in honor of birth of Jesus. We know that caroling existed in Germany in the 15th century because Martin Luther wrote where when Christians, Christmas was celebrated, he went with others from house to house and village to village singing popular Christmas carols. 
We could safely assume that caroling was first done by the choir of angels who sang glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill to all people. Please stand as we sing together the first verse of Angels We Have Heard on High, which can be found on the screen and on page 238. A Candy Maker's Witness. Y'all can sit down. <laughs> a candy maker in Indiana wanted to make a candy that would be a witness to Jesus. So he made the candy cane. It was made to represent the birth, ministry, and death of Jesus. He began with a stick of pure white hard candy. White symbolized the virgin birth and the sinless nature of Jesus. And the hardness symbolized the solid rock, the foundation of the church, and the firmness of the promises of God. The candy maker made the candy in the form of a J to represent the precious name of Jesus who came to earth to be our Savior. It could also represent the staff of the Good Shepherd, with which he reaches down into the ditches of the world to lift the fallen lambs, who like sheep have gone astray. Thinking the candy was somewhat plain, the candy maker stained it with red stripes. He used three small stripes to show the stripes of the whipping that Jesus received, by which we're all healed. The large red stripe was for the blood shed by Christ on the cross, so that we might have the promise of eternal life. Unfortunately, the candy cane became, uh, the candy became known as the candy cane, a decoration seen at Christmas. However, the meaning is still there for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear. May the symbol again be used to witness to the wonder of Jesus and his great love that came down at Christmas and remains the ultimate force in the universe today. As you leave the sanctuary, you'll have the opportunity to pick up a candy cane. Whether you eat it or display it in your home, remember the symbolism behind the candy. Remain seated as we sing, Go Tell It on the Mountain. We'll sing the first verse. to our sanctuary this Advent season. The Christmas ball. This represents balls of evergreen, which were used during medieval times and hung in the large rooms of castles and cathedrals. At the top of this Christmas ball, there is a baby Jesus. And it is said that all who stand underneath it receive joy and good luck. This particular evergreen ball hanging from our sanctuary chandelier is given in honor and memory of Mr. and Mrs. Hubert Owen and Mr. and Mrs. Lee Trotter by Mr. and Mrs. Charles 
Trotter. Of course, as we come to the end of our hanging of the green, we know the greatest symbol and gift of this season is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All that we do in this holy season points to that expression of holy love. Christ came as a babe in Bethlehem, God's gift to us at Christmas. As Christians, we seek to pass on our heritage to our children and to those by faith in Jesus Christ who become part of the family of God. It is through the work of the Holy Spirit in your life and my life that the gift goes on. May we all receive the gift of Jesus Christ anew this Advent season. Amen. Before you receive the benediction, uh, just one, uh, a couple of prayer requests for you. Uh, we express sympathy to the family of Jeff Blackwood, D. McCoy and family, at his recent passing last week. Also, many of you are friends with George and Lori Varner. George has began a new stage in his battle against cancer. And out of that, uh, I wanted to create an expression of prayer for the family. After the praise band comes and we sing our last song, know that the prayer room to your left, or to your right, my left, will be open. Inside, you'll find a prayer blanket from the prayer group for George and Lori. You're invited to go in and pray over it, and I will be delivering it to them later this afternoon. Praise band. Please stand and sing this. Children weep no more. Hope is on the horizon. Weary world below. Your promised Messiah. Angels led your song
Amen. Now receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Go in peace. Amen.